Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade, Renegade Talk Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the War Room, Infowars.com, band.video. What a show we have for you today. We'll be joined in the third hour by Devin Tracy, a.k.a. Atheism is Unstoppable. It was like I had to throw up the bat signal. It was like something happened. I thought there's one man that the world needs right now, and it's Devin Tracy. The occurrence is that one of the... Central Park Five has been arrested, I mean, I'm sorry, has been elected, a little Freudian slip there, as a city councilman in New York City. For those unaware, the Central Park Five are sometimes currently referred to as the Exonerated Five, despite the fact that no exoneration has taken place. They were, in fact, found guilty and convicted of well, let's just say a horrific crime, and now one of them has been released in the, the slew of you know, popular events where, where previously convicted people have the convictions overturned because of like a particularly convincing podcast or something like that. And it really just goes a pretty far away to showing like where we are as a society right now. It's really inc- it's really incredible. So basically as soon as I learned that this guy was elected, I had to reach. I threw up the bat signal, the kangaroo signal to get Devin Tracy on the case because he's done extensive breakdowns of this and a number of other cases proving that the official story is actually what happened that there actually are criminals that hurt people very badly and then get caught. And sent to jail. And then, of course, you have, you know, the Kardashians or whoever who come along, decide that they're too nice to be guilty and spend millions of dollars to get them out of prison against the desires of the, you know, family members of the victims who were killed or horribly injured or some other thing. So, anyway, we'll be talking to him in the third hour. Very excited about that. We are eagerly awaiting an update from Owen Schroyer. I have not heard anything yet, but we are keeping our eyes open, keeping the phones on because he should be having a scheduled meeting with his lawyer today, and hopefully we'll get some update from him. Obviously, we probably won't be hearing from him, unfortunately. That would be a nice surprise if that was the case, but last time we tried to send out a message to his fans, he was put in solitary confinement for two weeks so we're not expecting to get a message from him but hopefully we'll get a message from norm pattis or somebody you know in the loop that can give us an update as to how he's doing hopefully he'll be getting out of solitary today but we'll bring you that update just as soon as we get it another little update for you is that uh, chase geyser who of course is hosting american journal is right now looping on his Twitter, he's doing a live stream for DefendJones.com, the DefendJones.com money bomb live stream loop. Basically, he took like an hour and a half 
long compilation of the best of Alex Jones over the last 30 years and is looping it on repeat on his Twitter. So if you have a Twitter, an X account, go share that. Maybe we'll tune in during the show to see what era of the legend that the loop is on at that moment. How long would a how long would a true Alex Jones highlight reel be? I think it'd have to be like 24, 24 to 48 hours. After all, the man has been talking into a microphone for three hours a day, five or even six days a week for the last 20 plus years. There's more content than you can possibly imagine. But I hope you do support us by going to InfoWarsStore.com. We'll be talking about the Israeli conflict, of course. Today we'll be talking about crime and racism. Our favorite topics, we'll be talking about the New World Order and globalist plans that are being put into place as we speak to deprive you of your free speech, your property, your very free will, and they're doing it out in the open. So stay with us. Very, very busy show we have for you today. Do not go anywhere. Infowars.com forward slash show. That's how you watch the live stream band.video, madmaxworld.tv. Lots of ways of circumventing the sensors and getting this information out. Sometimes on days like today, I just don't even know where to begin. We have so much Israel news, and I, I do want to get to that. I feel like I have a little bit of time to make up for yesterday since. We had such a great guest in King Bao, and then we kept him on to go to phone calls, and I just didn't get to cover a lot of the news of the day. That's okay, because a lot of news I was going to cover yesterday continues to be in the headlines today, and so we'll get into all of that. As we speak, there's a massive protest going on in Washington, D.C. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a march to defend Israel, apparently. I just just wonder how long we're going to have to live with the just endlessly pedantic and boring identity politic charade. I just not sure if I can take it that much longer. I walked into the break room here. I don't even know what news channel it was, but it was live streaming the March for Israel. And it's just like I walk in to grab my coffee and I just hear, I am a black female Jew and I will not be silenced. And I'm just like, okay, just pour my coffee and walk right out. It's just, 
Who cares? Just who cares? I just just shut up already for once, for the love of God. I just it just it's like who is telling any of those groups to be silent <laughs> ever? <laughs> what are you talking about? It would make sense if it was a, a a guy going, "I'm a white Christian male and I will not be silenced." Then it'd be like, "Well, kind of cringy, bro, but at least valid." At least you're actually of the groups that are being silenced continuously. But just looking around today and just imagining being a being a person that thinks that black people, Jewish people, or women are somehow oppressed in this society, it's just exhausting. It's just like, shut up already. I just, I just it's enough. Enough already. I don't get it. It's very weird. And it's very weird march going on this is a march for war as far as I can tell I'm not sure how often this has happened in history most of the time that there's a war going on and you have tons of citizens gathering together at the capital in some form of protest it's like against the war but this is a protest in favor of the war, these are people gathering to demand that the war continue and that America not get in the way and involved in the war. See, I as an individual don't have the resources or the capability to stop a war happening. So my only recourse would be to gather like-minded people and to petition the government for them to use their power to stop the ongoing war. If you want the war to continue in Israel, as an individual, you have all the power in the world to go there and participate. Goodbye. Get off of our soil because it's not for the sake of America that you're there. It's not for the sake of peace, obviously. No, you're there to demand that America support Israel in their, what I would qualify, what I would referred to as a genocide, just go sign up. Just go sign up if that's what you want to do. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Clip 11, this is Van Jones from CNN, formerly of CNN. I don't know where he is these days, but he's given speeches at the Israeli, the Israel pro-Israel gathering. Clip number 11 says, I'm a peace guy. I pray for peace. Maybe we shouldn't bomb Gaza. And he's the response from the crowd to this suggestion that maybe bombs should stop falling is to chant no ceasefire. So it's it's a war, it's a pro-war gathering. I'm just I'm my mind thoroughly boggled. Here's uh, clip number eleven, Van Jones being being drowned out by chants of no ceasefire. I'm a peace guy. I pray for peace. No more rockets from Gaza and no more bombs falling down on the people of Gaza. God protect the children. God protect children. Let's end all the horror and all the heartbreak in the Holy Land. Let's end all of it. Let's end all of it. But I'll be honest in closing. When I think about what's happening over there, I don't feel powerful 
to do something about what's happening over there. What I do feel powerful is to maybe do something about what's happening here. Let's take a stand here against anti-Jewish bigotry. Let's take a stand against Muslim. Let's, let's take a stand here against hatred. Let's take a stand here against hatred of all kinds. I don't Again, want... Again, you can just hear the crowd first angrily shouting at him and then chanting, no ceasefire. Again, it's just crazy. It's just crazy to me. It's just totally wild. You got a guy going, let's stop the bombs falling on Gazan children. And the crowd is just like, no, no ceasefire. Keep bombing children. Keep bombing children. Uh, It's just, okay, okay. Very odd behavior. Of course, Mike Johnson, the current Speaker of the House, is all in for this, ready to hear the call of the crowd and abolish any chance of a peaceful resolution to this conflict. Which, okay, uh, so far, Mike Johnson is Speaker of the House. His first action upon becoming Speaker was to place a phone call to Bibi Netanyahu, his first official action in the speakership was to put forward a resolution backing up Israel with everything they've got. And now he's participating in pro-war marches and claiming that a ceasefire is outrageous. Let's watch clip number six. The calls for a ceasefire are outrageous. Outrageous. He's outraged. How dare you? Speaker of the House wearing a pin that has the Israeli flag and the American flag intertwined. You know, I have some pins that have the American flag and the Japanese flag crossed like that. The only one I wear is the American flag and the Texas flag crossing, because those aren't two different countries. I, I wish they were, but it's a country and a state. But I don't even wear the pins of other countries and I'm a, I'm a talk show host. I'm a radio host. And even I'm like, I can't. I feels disloyal. Something feels a little bit disloyal about it. I've got Scottish flag pins. I've got, you know, Spanish and Italian flag. I don't wear them because I'm like, I'm American. Can't be wearing a, a pin of some other country's flag. That's a Speaker of the House wearing an Israel-America combined flag pin and saying that the calls for a ceasefire... The calls for peace outrage him. They're outrageous. They're an insult. How dare you suggest that this senseless murder not continue? Outraged. I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. But when we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers... They really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when you look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself and the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. I only encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. and That's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com. And you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life while at the same time keep us on air. 
I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsTore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsTore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now. Why do you think the globalists are desperately trying to censor everybody? Why are they attacking myself and Donald Trump and Elon Musk and everybody else? Because they can't get through this giant megalomaniacal power grab if we're here exposing them. But we're not just exposing their operation. In my new book, we give you the solutions to build a new, better world, an alternative to Klaus Schwab's You Will Eat the Bugs. This is the Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalist and launch the second great renaissance. It's a companion to my last book that was a number one worldwide bestseller. And this book is even thicker and even more powerful. Get your copy of The Great Awakening today at InfoWarsStore.com. Either signed as a fundraiser, and I thank you for the support, or unsigned. But whatever you do, take action now. We're fighting for you, but we can't keep on if you don't support us. So please, get the historic book now. Go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening at InfoWarsStore. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. All right, folks, we have a lot of domestic news to cover, but we'll spend the first part of today on what's going on in Israel and also the reaction here at home. Get a massive pro-Israel march happening right now in Washington, D.C. Some interesting cracks developing. Some of our fellow right-wing dissident media groups. Information Liberation has the story. Ben Shapiro labels Candace Owens disgraceful for taking an America First position on the Israel-Gaza war. And as Mike Adams at Health Ranger said today on X, welcome to 2023. If you call for peace, they accuse you of hate. If you call for freedom, they accuse you of extremism. If you call for reason, they label you racist. If you call for transparency, they accuse you of spreading disinformation. If you call for diplomacy, they declare you a terrorist sympathizer. But if you call for humanitarian aid, they declare you to be an animal. But if you call for genocide, they happily embrace you as a person of wisdom. It really is true. We have the video here, clip number 10. Here's Ben Shapiro really insulting Candace Owens for her perfectly reasonable stance, which I remind you before we play the video has only been in opposition to the senseless, relentless, endless, pointless, and in reality, detrimental to Israel's future, bombing of Gaza, primarily civilians. And we get into some of the numbers here in just a second, but I think a pretty good guess is that about 99.5% of the people killed by Israel in the last month or more have been civilians. I think the official count is that they've killed something between 40 and 60 Hamas militants while killing upwards of 11,000 innocent civilians. But if you oppose that, Ben Shapiro thinks you're frankly an idiot. Let's go to clip number 10 here. Yes, uh, the question is about Candace Owens. I think her behavior during this is disgraceful. Without a doubt. Disgraceful, he says. By the way, look at the people in the background. I think that her, her faux sophistication on these particular issues 
has been ridiculous. It's not post sophistication, it's ridiculous. Everybody can see the moves that she's making and the things that she's saying, and I find them disreputable. So that's her boss, by the way. That's Candace Owens' boss saying that her takes on this uh, topic, which have, again, been resolutely peaceful and pro-America first, is to call her disgraceful and to say that she was faux-sophisticated, her faux-sophistication about this, which, again, is just a very useful linguistic trigger that... is deployed all the time, usually from leftists, right? If you're sophisticated, you'll agree with us. Oh, you don't like a drag queen reading to your child and, and bouncing him on his knee, a man in a, in a dress with a big beard and a rap sheet for inappropriate misbehavior. You don't want them reading to your kindergarten. You just, you're just not sophisticated. You just don't understand. And we've talked about this. I mean, this is why they use the word phobe, right? The, the suffix phobe. Islamophobe, homophobe. What they're saying is that you're scared of it because you don't understand it, leaving you with really only one of two options. You either understand and therefore embrace it or you don't embrace it, which means you're scared and stupid and unsophisticated. Okay, You're unenlightened because you disagree with us. That's the implication that he's going with there. Again, she – Candace Owens simply said that she doesn't like the indiscriminate bombing aspect of this. Entire conflict. And yeah, she still works for Ben Shapiro. Owens' behavior that Shapiro finds disgraceful has consisted of putting the interest of America first and not going along with Shapiro and Israel's cry-bully tactics and SJW-style cancel culture campaign to punish Israel's critics. The exact same tactics Shapiro built his whole phony conservative persona on mocking and condemning. And just another example of the irony of, the, of this whole situation that for the first time in something like seven years, Ben Shapiro changed his tag tweet, which forever was facts don't care about your feelings. That's been replaced now with a call to vengeance against Hamas. And the person who has built an entire career on lambasting and criticizing identity politics has delved completely and entirely into identity politics, essentially becoming his entire personality. Really, really incredible. Here are some of the things that uh, Candace Owens has said that I guess are uh, despicable and, and unsophisticated. When Nikki Haley talked about almost nothing but Israel during the debate, Candace Owens said, do you know which country you're currently running for president within? This is becoming insufferable. She also said, no government anywhere has a right to commit genocide ever. There's no justification for a genocide. I can't believe this even needs to be said or even considered the least bit controversial to state well. You're just not sophisticated, Candace. The sophisticated belief is that Israel cannot commit genocide because of their inherent virtue. They get to kill whoever they want with whatever overwhelming force they want. And if you criticize it, you're anti-Semitic. It's pretty simple, actually. And again, this uh, article from Information Liberation just goes through basically all of Candace Owens' uh, quotes during this time. And for example, she supports Vivek Ramaswamy when he said that you know free speech has to protect people, even with 
controversial ideas, even organizations that support Palestine on college campuses. She says, I will never accept the infringement of American rights. We need people in office who understand that and do not give in to smear merchant campaigns. Wow. Her time might not be so long at Daily Wire. And good for her for standing up for what she believes in. She responded to this latest insult from her boss by quoting the Bible, saying, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they who Blessed are they which are persecuted for their righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Following that up by saying, Christ is king. Good stuff. That's all I have to say about that. Good stuff. Very, very good stuff. Now, of course, I remember. I remember back in the day when she was known as Red Pill Black. Used to come on Infowars when nobody else would have her. Of course, she she moved on from us. She moved on to the bigger and better things. But now she might be finding that well, she's biting the hand that feeds her, and she might start to get hungry. So who knows? Maybe we keep uh, Infowars running along, and we'll we'll be like a we'll be we'll be like a refugee camp for all of the reasonable America first peace loving talking heads who find their time at Daily Wire and other such alternative right organizations. It's becoming a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit stifling. Will they bite their tongue? And not speak out about the ongoing genocide to save their job, or will they continue to tell the truth and pay the price? Finally, after close to a year, in early November, where I'm cutting this ad, we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock, Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic. You take it out of the tongue, so you get better absorption of the body through your blood vessels, and what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible. It's the natural, clean energy, focus, immune system, everything. And it's 40% off exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. This has been rated as the best B12 in the country. It's available from a top lab that we private label it through at InfoWarsStore.com. Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com, or you can call toll-free and order it as well, 888-253-3139, and Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well. The War Room, InfoWars.com forward slash show. of mainstream narratives, Harrison Smith finds the hidden paths in the war room. All right, welcome back, folks. I got I to gotta speed up here a little bit since we have no, so much news to cover. We hardly even touched on uh, what's actually going on in Israel. Didn't mean to spend an entire segment there on the Candace Owens uh, Ben Shapiro beef, but we don't really delve that much into some of the drama that's been going on. In our, with our fellow dissident right alternative media groups. Must be nice. It must be nice 
having such comfort and assurity and stability that you can actually have internal strife. We're so constantly busy with outside conflicts that we're too busy and, and overwhelmed to snipe at each other. I hope you support us in our mission to provide truthful, unbiased reporting. Go to InfoWarsStore.com to do that. Again, we're awaiting input or awaiting something from Owen Troyer's legal team who is supposed to be meeting him today or at least having a scheduled call with him to get an update. Very eager to hear about that. Let's return to the topic of Israel and World War III and just go through some of these new updates. We have an updated map of naval ships in Israel and the Middle East, and you can see the just sheer amount of naval hardware in and around the Middle East right now is growing to an even greater degree. Tens of thousands of Navy men from dozens of different countries all gathering off the coast of Cyprus as well as Yemen, Oman, and uh, there off the Sinai Peninsula. Because frankly, I'm, I'm surprised that this hasn't spiraled out of control yet, but that in no means is evidence that it won't spiral out of control. It's just there's more and more kindling being piled on awaiting the ultimate match strike. Here's an interesting story from Haaretz. Israel is using arrests to silence domestic dissent over Gaza. After he'd spent five days in jail with no indictment filed, a magistrate's court released Dr. Meyer Baruchin, a civics and history teacher, under certain restrictions on Monday. Just a few days ago, police had asked that he be kept in jail for, quote, Indicating a decision to commit treason, a crime carrying a maximum sentence of 10 years in jail from what started with a bang involving treason and justifying Hamas's actions in Facebook post ended with a whisper within a few days. But make no mistake, Beruchin was used as a political tool to send a political message. The motive for his arrest was deterrence, silencing any criticism or any hint of protest against Israeli policy. Baruchin paid a personal price. He was fired from the high school where he taught and spent five days in jail with no justification. The police had asked the persecution, the prosecution for permission to investigate him on suspicion of incitement, but after the request was rejected, they switched to a crime of intent to commit treason, an extreme charge that's very rarely used. So, again, you'll see a lot of evidence of dissent within Israel in the stories that we're covering today, but I'm having a hard time getting my hands around what exactly the dissent is over. As you have, you know, some calling for the impeachment of Bibi Netanyahu as he's allowed this attack to happen and, and be carried out. And you assume because of worry that you know he's a warmonger and that he's putting all of Israel in danger, while at the same time, they're like trying to get him to take an offensive stance against Hezbollah and are mad at him for not doing that. So I can't really, I can't really figure out where the Israeli public is right now. It's like half of them are mad that he's putting them all in danger by pursuing the war too much excitement and the other half is like but you also have to go after Hezbollah it's very strange but from infowars.com aircraft carrier USS Dwight D uh, Dwight S Eisenhower now in Gulf of Oman Dwight S Eisenhower is there a different Eisenhower am I crazy it's Dwight D Eisenhower right so you have two middle names this might be a <laughs> might, might be a typo okay never mind don't draw attention to it 
Aircraft carrier USS Dwight D. Eisenhower and its escorts are operating in the Gulf of Oman after leaving the Red Sea earlier this weekend. Ike and its escorts were operating off the coast of Oman as of Monday, according to the USNI News Fleet and Marine Tracker, based on publicly available satellite imagery. The carrier passed through the Suez Canal on November 4th and sailed through the Red Sea and passed the Bab al-El-Mandeb through the Gulf of Aden to its current location. The move is part of an overall U.S. naval buildup in Europe and the Middle East following the Hamas attacks outside of Gaza and the ongoing conflict in southern Israel. So again, just one of a number of massive carrier groups now congealing in the Mediterranean and off the coast of Oman. Meanwhile, Al-Shifa, the hospital, buries 170 people in a mass grave as conditions worsen. Gaza's largest hospital digs a mass grave as as Israeli bombardment continues. Gaza's largest hospital reports it has buried more than 100 people in a mass grave. As it says, bodies are decomposing in its courtyard and babies are dying because their incubators have no power. The conditions at Al-Shifa Hotel and other medical facilities in Gaza are worsening to new unimaginable levels, according to health officials and humanitarian groups on the ground. There's no water or food for patients or staff at Al-Shifa, according to Palestinian health officials. Doctors Without Borders and medical, has medical teams at Al-Shifa, which is located in Gaza City. They say our staff is saying there's no electricity. The group's emergency coordinator says the people are staying in the corridors because of sniper fire near the windows, and they cannot move any of the patients to ambulances. There are more than 600 inpatients at Al-Shifa, 37 babies, and at least one patient in need of an ICU, the organization said, citing one of its surgeons who's inside the hospital. The surgeon described the situation as inhuman. Hospitals have run out of fuel to power their generators, including Al-Shifa and Al-Quds, in the north of Gaza and have ceased to function as medical facilities. They're the only – Al-Shifa is the, the only medical facility able to receive patients, and increasing shortages and uh, shortages and challenges are making that impossible. There are 35 hospitals in the Hamas-run Gaza Strip. Officials report a rising death toll as, as Israel continues its siege on the region in response to the October 7th attack that killed 1,200 Israelis. More than 11,200 Palestinians in Gaza have died, according to the Ministry of Health in Gaza. An additional 196 Palestinians in the West Bank have died since October 7th, according to health officials. So yes, apparently the invasion of Gaza uh, is ongoing, slowly but surely. There's some pretty shocking images of tanks, like become a tank graveyard just outside of the Al-Shifa hospital. And the reports are that the The Israeli troops are at the gates of Al-Shifa Hospital. And, of course, you just saw there that they're apparently sniping people in the windows. And so the patients and doctors and nurses are having to gather in corridors. From AP News, calls grow to evacuate Gaza's largest hospital. Palestinian authorities on Tuesday call for a ceasefire to evacuate three dozen newborns and other patients trapped inside Gaza's biggest hospital as Israeli forces battled Hamas in the streets just outside and seized more ground from across northern Gaza. For days, the Israeli army has encircled Shifa Hospital, the facility it says Hamas hides in and beneath to use civilians as human shields for its main command base. Hospital staff and Hamas denied the claim. Meanwhile, hundreds of patients, staff, and displaced people were trapped inside with supplies dwindling and no electricity to run incubators and other life-saving equipment. With refrigeration out for days, morgue staff on Tuesday dug a mass grave in the yard for more than 120 bodies. The standoff at Shifa and other hospitals comes as Israeli forces 
control large, larger swaths of Gaza City and the surrounding northern part of the Gaza Strip, saying they're driving out and killing Hamas fighters. Yoav Gallant, Israel's defense minister, said in a nationally televised press conference Tuesday night that Hamas had lost control of northern Gaza and that Israel has made significant gains in Gaza City. But asked about the time frame for the war, Gallant said we're talking about long months, not a day or two. And there have been reports, and I believe we even reported on it yesterday, that uh, something like 39 babies had died after they were deprived oxygen in their incubators. Apparently, it's only happened to one baby. Uh, the other 39 are just in imminent danger of that happening if some change doesn't come. And so far, no change has come. Meanwhile, Israeli invaders fly LGBTQ plus pride flag in Gaza, waving a rainbow flag standing on a pile of rubble. And on the flag, it says, in the name of love, in the name of love, you know, there's that old cliche about the Romans, that they would make a desert and call it peace. I guess this is sort of like that. It's like Israel will make a desert and call it gay. Is that where we are now? The first ever pride flag raised in Gaza. Well, then I guess killing all of those babies was worth it. I guess we just had to kill all of those babies and children and and old men and uh, old ladies and bomb hospitals and, and journalists because otherwise, how could we wave a pride flag in Gaza? And that's the point of all this, isn't it? We have not had this many of our best-selling products back in stock in years because of supply chain breakdowns and all the rest of the stuff that's going on. And these are game-changing products. It's like our information's game-changing. These products are incredible. And I'm personally glad that these are now back in stock. All three of the InfoWars Platinum flagship products that have been sold out for months are now back in stock, but a very limited run because we only had a budget to get Three or 4,000 bottles of each one of these. I think we got 4,000 bottles of the HGH Max Boost that people love so much. We've got about 4,000 bottles of 1776 Testosterone Boost that just came in. And we've got about 3,000 bottles of Pain MD, incredible natural pain reliever situation. All three of these are back in stock, and they're incredible, and they fund our operation at InfoWarsStore.com. Last year, we put this book out, The Great Reset and the War for the World. It became a number one national bestseller. Now we've put part two out, and it's even thicker and more powerful. The Great Awakening, the plan to defeat the globalists and launch the second great renaissance. This is such a powerful book. It covers all the globalist plans, the latest developments, how to stop them, and then gives an alternate plan of the society we could build together. That's why it's The Great Awakening. Great Awakening is happening right now. You can get signed or unsigned copies of the book at InfoWarsStore.com. This is a historic book. I want to thank you all for your support. This is next level information, and it's a great way to not just support the broadcast, but inform yourself of the next level and share the book with friends and family. So whether you want one copy or multiple copies, go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. This is going to go to number one. I want to thank you for your support. It's a powerful book. Get yours now. Infowars.com forward slash show. All right, welcome back, folks. We've got some videos to show you here. We'll start with this one from George Galloway. George Galloway here is talking about what we mentioned on the, I believe, Friday edition of The War Room, where we talked about 
the either total lack of evidence for claims about what happened on October 7th or the disturbing admissions from Israel about what actually happened in which both the hostages, Israeli hostages taken by Hamas as well as the official reports from the Israeli military seem to point to the vast majority of deaths that took place on October 7th being the result of the so-called Hannibal Doctrine where Israel uses overwhelming force against opponents even if that means killing hostages or other innocent people around. And we'll we'll connect this to some of the other stuff that we know, but first let's go to George Galloway, clip number 13. Here he is talking about the truth of what happened on October 7th. The truth of what happened on uh, October 7th is beginning to emerge, and you are right to identify that it is emerging not from the Western press, but from the Israeli media and from the Israeli public, uh, who are switched on uh, and uh, internet-savvy public. And the latest revelation is the actual footage from the Apache helicopters that were machine gunning uh, people and vehicles at the uh, festival, the music festival, uh, where people were dancing uh, almost within earshot of uh, the anguish behind the wire in the refugee camp, the concentration camp called Gaza. A very significant number of people were killed on October the 7th. Most of them were Israeli military and security forces. Don't take my word for that. Take the word of the Israeli media for that, who have now published the names and rank and serial number of the two-thirds of the casualties who were Israeli military and security forces. And of the remaining one-third, it is becoming more and more clear, as hostages told us, from the beginning, that many of those, maybe most of those, were actually killed in pursuit of this Hannibal Doctrine yeah. by Israeli armed uh, elements uh, themselves. Now, there were no rapes. That's just a brazen lie. No evidence has been adduced in four weeks of propaganda war uh, to uh, in any way justify that slander. There were not 40 beheaded babies. There's only one baby dead on October 7th. One. Who killed that baby is not yet at all clear. These lies have fueled a genocide. And those who keep repeating them, even when they're being debunked by Israeli people themselves, have a lot to answer for. And of course, it's actually most likely that the baby that he mentioned, they say there there was one baby killed uh, during all of it. He was in one of the kibbutzes or you know, areas that was uh, 
bombed by Israel. So that would be the, the most likely reason why the baby died. But I think the most important, uh, important part about that whole clip was the very last line where he says, these lies are fueling a genocide. In other words, how many times have you heard or seen on social media people use claims of 40 decapitated babies or mass rape gangs or you know these other, at this point, thoroughly debunked lies to silence any opposition to Israel's actions, to silence any call for a ceasefire, which is just astonishing because these things were debunked like the day they came out. In the in the second sentence, you know, the woman's like, oh, I have 40 decapitated babies. And the guy's like, 40 decapitated babies? And she's like, well, actually not really. I mean, I heard that and 40 babies, some of them may have been like, but they just run with it. But it just gets, it just gets injected into the conversation as if it is undeniably true. And then by even questioning it, you're condemned as an anti-Semite and a terrorist sympathizer. And then there's this from Information Liberation. French influencer faces seven years in prison for mock, for mocking debunked story of Hamas cooking a baby in oven. French influencer Warda Anwar is facing seven years in prison and a 100,000 euro fine for mocking the debunked story of Hamas baking a baby in an oven by joking that she wonders if they put salt and pepper in added time. The Israeli government and Jewish activists demanded that Anwar be charged for her comedy under France's anti-terrorism and hate speech laws and that the government swiftly arrest her and hit her with a host of charges. But it didn't actually happen, and she was mocking it. But apparently mocking obviously fake atrocity propaganda gets you arrested and facing possibly seven years in prison. And of course we covered the story earlier of how exactly that is happening in Israel this guy who was arrested and faced treason charges said things – basically sum it up. We shouldn't kill children. That was basically it. That was basically it. He talked about people who were killed aged 14 to 21. He said they were born under occupation and lived under it all their lives. They never knew a single day of true freedom. They were executed by our wonderful boys. And that apparently was enough to establish reasonable suspicion that he was committing treason – and could be arrested and kept in prison for five days without being charged before eventually they had to let him go. But point is they're trying to silence anybody speaking out against this, speaking out against the obvious lies. And in fact, even determining what are lies and what aren't is becoming increasingly difficult as 42 journalists at least have been killed during this war. At least 42 journalists have been killed during the Hamas-Israel war that began on October 7th, according to the latest tally from the Committee to Protect Journalists, which came out yesterday or came out today, rather, on Tuesday. For context, a total of 15 journalists have been killed in Ukraine between 2022 and 2023. So in just over a month, 42 journalists killed, some specifically targeted, like those in Lebanon yesterday, who were attacked uh, by airstrikes. So difficult to get valid information out when the journalist whose job is to report such things are being themselves killed in the conflict. And this brings us to the way that this conflict, regardless of what position you're on, is being used by the powers that be to usher in 
even greater levels of censorship and control of information in the discourse. This just came out while we were on air. It's Nikki Haley talking about how the explosion of anti-Semitism means that we can't be anonymous on the internet anymore. Here's Nikki Haley just a few minutes ago. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's, first of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden, people have to stand by what they say, and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots, and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. It's going to help our kids, and it's going to help our country. Oh, it's for the kids. It's for national security. It's, you know, if you're against this, you just must hate children. So no more anonymity. And the social media companies have to be thoroughly controlled by the U.S. government, which I remind you we covered last week. The FCC commissioner himself came out saying the new plan to do just that, take over the Internet at the ISP level by the Biden administration, was an egregious violation of the First Amendment that he came out to explicitly denounce. And, of course, Nikki Haley is not the only one to talk about doing this. In fact, some people in power are doing this. We'll show you the video on the other side, but just to remind you, the real level of discourse that's going on in social media, again from Information Liberation, Israeli troops run over Palestinian with a bulldozer. Israelis laugh about it on social media. IDF shot a Palestinian civilian in Gaza and ran him over with a bulldozer on film for social media laughs, according to a report for Euromed Human Rights Watch, Human Rights Monitor. So this is actually, you know, published by the uh, Israeli military. You've got a bunch of laugh emojis, the brutality. Finally, after close to a year, in early November, where I'm cutting this ad, we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock, Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic. You take it under the tongue so you get better absorption of the body through your blood vessels and what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible. It's the natural, clean, energy, focus, immune system, everything. And it's 40% off exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. This has been rated as the best B12 in the country. It's available from a top lab that we private label it through at InfoWarsStore.com. Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com, or you can call toll-free and order it as well, 888-253-3139, and Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well. Navigating the maze of mainstream narratives, Harrison Smith finds the hidden paths in the war room. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I have to say, the failure of Israel to maintain dominance in the information realm is leading to some pretty extravagant overreactions. We just saw Nikki Haley suggest that there should be no more anonymity on the internet and that the social media companies should have to divulge their 
algorithms to the U.S. government for oversight, this coming on the verge of the new diversity plan for the internet that would see the federal government take control of the internet at the ISP level. Covered that last week, and we'll cover it a little bit more. She's not the only one using the excuse of the inflamed emotions in America and abroad that this horrific and unending conflict has brought about to justify the utter abolition of the First Amendment. Clip number four here, this is New York Governor Hochul saying they aren't suggesting that this be done. They have already started monitoring social media, surveilling it, and deeming anything they want as hate speech. Let's go now to clip number four. Also, we're very focused on the data we're collecting from surveillance efforts, what's being said on social media platforms. And we have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on on online platforms. Our media analysis, our social media analysis unit, has ramped up its monitoring of sites to catch incitement to violence, direct threats to others. And all this is in response to our desire, our strong commitment to ensure that not only do New Yorkers be safe, but they also feel safe. So they have a special social media surveillance team that's out there monitoring hate speech. Of course, who defines what hate speech is? is, well, it's entirely arbitrary and up to them. And, of course, we talked about this last week. As I as I mentioned, there's the FCC takeover attempt that is set to go through tomorrow. And this was a of such concern to the FCC commissioner that he came out with an open letter decrying what was being done and demanding that Congress not allow the president to usurp this power for themselves. In other words, it would obviously completely destroy the First Amendment. Story from Zero Hedge about Kathy Hochul. New York's Hunger Games governor is now collecting data from surveillance efforts on social media to monitor, quote, hate speech. All these things are being built on the supposed rise of anti-Semitism, which itself uh, is not actually real. And I'll show you how that breaks down here in just a minute. But this comes sort of hand in hand With the 50 in 5 campaign, UNESCO's director general unveils a multi-stakeholder plan, right? Just so you know, it comes from the World Economic Forum and their fourth industrial revolution, stakeholder capitalism, multi-stakeholder plan to safeguard social media platforms from dis and misinformation, hate speech, and conspiracy theories. And they say, the blurring of boundaries between true and false, the highly organized denial of scientific facts, the amplification of disinformation and conspiracies, these did not originate and originate on social networks, but in the absence of regulation, they flourished there much better than the truth. Only by taking the full measure of this technological revolution can we ensure it does not sacrifice human rights, freedom of expression, and democracy. That's right. We have to take control of the technology used to spread information to make sure that people still have human rights and free speech. We have to destroy free speech to preserve free speech. Just like we're fighting for democracy on behalf of Ukraine, which canceled their second election. 
in a row, and Israel, which imprisons dissidents and charges them with treason for Facebook posts. So it's not democracy, it's not free speech, it's total control, and it's being used regardless of whether the complaints being made are valid. Let's call them hate speech. with Harrison Smith is where the shields of truth are forged in the fires of inquiry. Uh, all right, folks, we got to move on from we got to move on from Israel. There's just so much. There's just so much, and we'll talk about. And, and you know, it's not just about Israel. It's about how this conflict is being used to deprive the rights of everybody, just like we said it would, just like we've always known that it would. So again, because of the. Because of complete misinformation, almost all of which has been thoroughly debunked at this point, 40 dead babies decapitated, babies being baked in ovens, mass rape gangs, I mean, literally none of it is true. It completely disguises the reality of the situation and inflames emotions to circumvent any logical ability to contend with the reality of what's happening. Instead, force people into a, you know, fight or flight stupidity. That allows them to uh, take advantage of what's going on and destroy our human rights the world over. Again, we just played the clip from George Galloway. We also have this from the New York Times published today. More than 400 U.S. officials signed letter protesting Israel's uh, Biden's Israel policy. The signers representing some 40 government agencies reflect growing internal dissent over the administration's support of Israel's military campaign in Gaza. And they also call out disinformation being spread by the president himself in that he said things like he saw a picture of the 40 dead, you know, decapitated babies that never actually existed. And of course, this letter of dissent actually demanding some sort of positive move towards peace and a ceasefire and an end to the indiscriminate bombing by Israel represents the will of the American people, a vast majority of which want some American action towards ceasefire, but they're not getting it. Not a single politician is willing to side with the vast majority of the American populace, which should tell you everything you need to know about who controls the American government. Yeah, there's so much more. And there's this story from Information Liberation. Hamas's mass rape hoax falls apart. Israeli paper admits that evidence of alleged rapes has, quote, slipped away. Oh, it's slipped away. Yeah, there's not been any evidence of any of the more horrific claims that have been made. So, you know, you take an attack that happened, you smother it in all sorts of lies and deception and, and horror stories and atrocity propaganda that's easily disproven. Then when people question it, or get mad that they were being fooled and, and their emotions played with, uh, then you claim that they're anti-Semitic and that's hate speech and that calling for a ceasefire is outrageous and absurd. And then Nikki Haley says that you can't be anonymous on the internet anymore. At the same time, the FCC is failing to stop a total executive branch takeover of the internet from the ISP level. At the same time, as UNESCO is carrying out their multi-stakeholder safeguard program against social media uh, platforms. You also have this. 11 first-mover countries launch 50-in-5 campaign to accelerate 
digital public infrastructure adoption around the world. Global leaders and high-level representatives from 11, quote, first-mover countries gathered yesterday for the official launch of the 50 and 5 campaign. The ambitious country-led campaign heralds a new chapter of the global momentum around digital public infrastructure, DPI. The underlying network of components such as digital payments, ID, and digital exchange systems, which is a critical accelerator of the sustainable development goals. Because, of course, it's about saving the earth. See, they have to implement digital ID programs and have international cooperation to control the internet because it saves the climate obviously the adl is having a a real big problem dealing with the skyrocketing anti-israel sentiment because that's what it is it's opposition to the again unrelenting mass murder of innocent civilians by a first world state that seems to be incapable of being reined in even by first world powers like america that should be the ones wielding authority in the situation. But from Mint Press News, ADL data on rise of anti-Semitic incidents doesn't add up. A new highly publicized report from the Anti-Defamation League claims that anti-Semitic incidents across the United States have skyrocketed more than 400%, but these ADL numbers do not add up unless one equates opposition to the Israeli bombardment of Gaza with hatred of Jews. And that's exactly what they're doing. As proof of this wave, the ADL published an interactive and regularly updated map of hundreds of incidents nationwide, yet included in this map of the anti-Jewish hate were 153 rallies and demonstrations for Palestine, which the influential NGO reflexively labeled as problematic. Again, you go and just want to rally for peace. You want to show your opposition to America's support of Israel's unrelenting and seemingly purposeless campaign of mass murder. Well, that just means you hate all Jews, and it's an anti-Semitic incident. Providing no other evidence as to why these gatherings should be considered anti-Semitic, they say there are also 84 further rallies across the United States that the ADL claims, quote, supported terror. These protests, the organization insisted, included either, quote, explicit or strong implicit support for Hamas, although, again, the map does not explain that conclusion further. There certainly have been extremely serious anti-Semitic incidents in the United States in the wake of Hamas's surprise attack and Israel's bombardment of Gaza. For example, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, a man phoned in a phony bomb threat claiming he was in a Masonic synagogue with a backpack full of explosives, causing the building to be evacuated. The ADL effectively puts incidents like this on par with marches calling for a ceasefire, thereby tacitly equating the rejection of Israel's murderous war with a desire to kill Jews. So again, how are you supposed to deal with accurate information when clearly not anti-Semitic gatherings of you know people just protesting on behalf of peace is actually put on the exact same level as somebody you know calling in a bomb threat to a synagogue? They want you to think both these things are the same. Now to emphasize how the ADL is attempting to deal with this, the Tehran Times apparently leaked a confidential recording of the director of the ADL, Jonathan Greenblatt's concerns about public opinion in the United States, especially amongst Generation Z, a.k.a. Zoomers. Let's go now to clip number 14. Here's a leaked audio recording of the director of the ADL, Jonathan Greenblatt, describing the frustration that the ADL is having at everybody supporting Palestine over Israel. Let's watch. Polling, ICC's polling, independent 
suggests this is not a left-right gap, folks. The issue in the United States in support for Israel is not left and right. It is young and old. And the numbers of young people who think that Hamas's you know, massacre was justified is shockingly and terrifyingly high. And so we really have a TikTok problem, a Gen Z problem, that our community needs to put the same brains that gave us Tagli, the same brains that gave us all these other amazing innovations, need to put our energy toward this, like, fast. Because again, like, we've been chasing this left-right divide. It's the wrong game. The real game is the next generation. And the Hamas and their accomplices, the, idi the useful idiots in the West, are falling in line in ways that are terrifying. Last thing I'll just say, we saw a dramatic change in the language of the activists here in America on October the 8th. The language of groups that we've long tracked who've long been problematic, like Students for Justice in Palestine and Jewish Voices for Peace, they flipped like this and went to like Iranian propaganda. The language I could show you from their toolkits, because our analysts are in their groups. We saw this again on October the 8th. It was that fast. Like the language in their toolkits was all about the Zionist entity and lots of other language that we recognized from Iranian propaganda. Oh dear, the Israeli propagandists are worried about Iranian propaganda. So you heard it there. He said, we've been relying on the right-left divide for too long. You know, now we realize it's a, it's a generational divide. He says we have a real TikTok problem. Yeah, the problem is that there's more sources of information now, and there's video on the ground of what's actually happening, and people are against the endless cascade of the most brutal, horrifying clips they've ever seen from Israeli bombing. Please listen closely, because this is life-changing critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12, Ultra 12, a bestseller, finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now, get your Ultra 12 and other great products, and for 40% off, some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. The satanic New World Order is betting against humanity. They're betting on our weakness. They believe they can destabilize civilization and bring us down into the ashes of history. But the trap they've laid for us will be their destruction, not ours. If we trust in God and if we are valiant and have courage to speak the truth and not comply and engage in civil disobedience and not join the masses who have decided that they are the scum of the earth, who have decided that they will join with this soulless corporate system. As for InfoWars, 
We are going to steadfastly continue to fight in the information war with our weapon, the truth, against the enemies of humanity. And we put our faith, and we put our trust, and we put our destiny in the hands of God. Because it's been said a trillion times, if God be with us, who can be against us? The War Room. Infowars.com forward slash show. All right, folks, we'll be joined in the third hour by Devin Tracy, a.k.a. Atheism is Unstoppable. Talking to him about the newly elected city councilman for New York, who is a convicted rapist, which is fun and not fun. All right, we'll 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 finish up here. I just want to make a f- just a few more. First, can we go to clip number eight, please? Because this is a, a billboard in New York, and I don't know why. I don't know why they would do this. But it's a billboard in New York, and we can go ahead and uh, enroll it here. Clip number eight, and it says, "I stand with Ukraine," and then it's battered out of the way by "I stand with Israel." I mean, it's literally like one of those memes where the NPC gets their chip. You know, replaced. Oh, you were all about Ukraine before, but now you're all about Israel. I, I don't know. I guess is is this in ABC News made this? I mean, it's like a joke. I did what? What? I mean, you would think that they would have both of them up there. Why you would have "I stand with Ukraine" be battered out of the way by "I stand with Israel." Just like shut up, Ukraine, get out of here, and the and the Ukrainian flag crossfades and glitches away into a Israel flag. I, okay, all right. You great. I'm just in favor of the next war that you're bringing us. That's what it sounds like to me. It's just like uh, that was the old war that you were supposed to be completely in favor of. That oh, by the way, we've lost now and it's completely over. In fact, while we're on it, while we're on the topic from Compact Mag, a bitter vindication for Ukraine doves. After alternatively ignoring and vilifying advocates for restraint in Ukraine, the foreign policy establishment is coming around to, well, restraint. Over the past few months, American and European diplomats have been urging the Ukrainian government to sue for peace. The conversations have included very broad outlines of what Ukraine might need to give up to reach a deal. NBC News reported over the weekend, citing unnamed officials on both sides of the Atlantic. The discussions are an acknowledgment of the dynamics militarily on the ground in Ukraine and politically in the U.S. and Europe. Uh, gee, so we were right the whole time? Oh, well, what do you know? Well, gosh, what do you know? InfoWars was right the entire time, calling for peace and calling the Ukraine war a ridiculously expensive and horrifying boondoggle that could never have succeeded ever because of the obvious realities on the ground. But hey, at least we killed 600,000 people, right? I mean, thank goodness that we took that we did this and spent $100 billion and killed half a million people because otherwise things would be exactly the same as they are now. Ridiculous. Is that video fake? People are saying this video is fake. All right. Well, fake or real, it represents reality better than most things. Yeah, Ukraine's over. Sorry. Oh, by the way, do you realize that I didn't even cover this story because it happened over the weekend, but mainstream media started running with the story that the Nord Stream pipeline was attacked and destroyed by Ukraine, which is interesting because 
the Nord Stream 2 pipeline was German infrastructure, which would mean that a non-NATO country used military force against a NATO country, which under the terms of NATO would activate Article 5 and put all of NATO in a state of war against Ukraine. So that's kind of weird. Not a lot of mention of that. They just quietly were like, oh, yeah, that was Ukraine, by the way, which it probably was, and it was probably America. Maybe they laundered it through Ukraine, right? Maybe they went, hey, you're going to take the fall for this if it ever comes back to, to bite us. But I really, you know, it's just like these things just don't mean anything. Article 5 is the statute of the NATO agreement that says if a NATO country is attacked by a non-NATO country, all of NATO goes to war with that country. Well, this is actually the second time that such an attack has been carried out by Ukraine on first Poland and, and now Germany. But I guess we're not discussing that. I guess that's not what they want, so that's not going to ever be talked about as a possibility. So this is where it gets a little bit confusing when it comes to Israel's internal treatment of the war. From Midi's Spectator, the overwhelming majority of Israel's war cabinet has decided in favor of resolute action against Hezbollah, but Netanyahu refuses. Ben Gavir threatens immediate dismissal of the PM. Israeli rulers are fighting and bickering amongst themselves in the middle of a multi-front war against the entire region. Meanwhile, the resistance axis has shown they're united, strong, and decisive in the face of, an, of the enemy, whether it's in Gaza, Lebanon, Iran, Iraq, Syria, or Yemen. So this report says that everybody wants resolute attack against Hezbollah. The latest is that Benjamin Netanyahu has instructed his military to prepare for full-fledged action against Hezbollah. At the same time, from NewCradle.co, Knesset members mull Netanyahu impeachment – as the war against Gaza enters its second month, two-thirds of the Israeli public say they want Netanyahu out of office as he's refused to take responsibility for his role in the crisis. Knesset members on the 13th of November, the potential uh, discussed on the 13th of November, the potential ousting of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu once the war between Palestine resistance factions and Tel Aviv comes to an end. Israel's Channel 13 reports that the ministers and members of the Knesset from Netanyahu's own Likud party discussed impeaching the premier, saying that if he remains in the party and an election is held, most party members will give a vote of no confidence. They said that the motion against the against Netanyahu includes other parties who came together with Likud members to discuss plans for the end of the ground invasion and uh, after former war chief Benny Gantz leaves the emergency war cabinet. Nonetheless, on Monday, people close to Gantz revealed he has rejected all calls to replace Netanyahu, calling them pure fantasy and nothing less than crazy. But apparently two-thirds of the... Israeli populace wants Netanyahu out, and they're mad about the way this war is being carried out. But Netanyahu is defiant against not just them, but the whole world. Netanyahu will defy the world if needed to defeat Hamas, saying the Palestinian Authority can't run Gaza after the war. The defiant prime minister rejected international criticism, blasting Macron of France for accusing Jerusalem of bombing civilians, and has also said that the Palestinian Authority cannot rule after uh, rule Gaza after the war. Uh, Gallant rejects the world's moral preaching, which, again, is just amazing. I mean, just the, the chutzpah is really something to behold. The pushback came after several countries over the weekend expressed concern over the deteriorating humanitarian situation as the civilian casualties in the Strip continue to climb. On Friday, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken urged, a more, urged, urged that more to be done to protect civilians in Gaza and ensure humanitarian aid reaches them. 
Macron on Friday said there was no justification for Israel's alleged bombing of, quote, these babies, these ladies, these old people, reiterating his call for a ceasefire in Gaza and telling the BBC, quote, there's no reason for that and no legitimacy. So we do urge Israel to stop. Netanyahu, however, has said, don't cave to the pressure. Our war is your war. Israel has to win for its own sake and for the world. Do you remember that's exactly what I said? Do you remember like a month ago I said that that's exactly the stance that they would take? They would actually say that it was a burden that they were taking on, that they were the victims that had to do this, that they didn't want to, but for the sake of all of the world, they had to be the bad guys. And their badness is just more evidence of how good they really are. That's literally the tack they're taking now, saying basically they're defiant against literally everyone in the world, even America, who they seem to control like a, I don't know, just mind control slave. Uh we're not exactly happy about what they're doing, but we're the only reason that the combined forces of the rest of the world can't put an end to this. And this is an interesting little twist. Netanyahu warned that what Hamas represented, radical Islam, in the mold of the Islamic State, would threaten the entire civilized world. Which is a little bit ironic because at that same time, the Syrian army and Russian jets repelled a violent ISIS attack in the Raqqa Desert as ISIS has come back to power in this interesting time. Finally... After close to a year, in early November, where I'm cutting this ad, we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock, Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic. You take it out of the tongue so you get better absorption of the body through your blood vessels. And what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible. It's the natural, clean, energy, focus, immune system, everything. And it's 40% off exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. This has been rated as the best B12 in the country. It's available from a top lab that we private label it through at InfoWarsStore.com. Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Or you can call toll-free and order it as well, 888-253-3139. And Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well. Infowars.com forward slash show. Peeling back the layers of the day's events to reveal the core truth. War Room with Harrison Smith. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The War Room. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. We're moving on from Israel now. Kinda. Actually, we're still going to dip our toe back in it here, actually. Actually, we're still going to dip our toe back in it. Uh, I'm going to cover some of the important crime stuff with my guest in the third hour, Devin Tracy. We have a lot of stuff to talk about in that regard. But I want to lay out an important trend that's taking place here. And it has to do a little bit with what's going on in, in Israel, but more about the American military. We covered this story a little bit. I mentioned it yesterday, but I thought we'd actually dig into it today. Uh, it was from all the way back in March of 2018. It's from Jerusalem Post. It says, U.S. and IDF troops in major joint drill simulating battle on three fronts. It was a joint drill called Juniper Cobra. Juniper Cobra. It's kind of a cool name. Just picturing the type of girl who's named Juniper Cobra. I don't know. It sounds like a 
a porn star or a Marvel character. I can't figure out which. Either way, it was, in reality, the largest joint U.S.-Israeli air defense uh, exercise with tens of thousands of troops deployed across the country simulating scenarios where Israel faces missile barrages simultaneously on various fronts. And so, of course, this would be the practice drill for what is occurring today. And interestingly, in this article, they say this, quote, Washington and Israel have signed an agreement which would see the U.S. come to assist Israel with missile defense in times of war and, according to Haimovich, quote, I am sure once the order comes, we will find here U.S. troops on the ground to be a part of our deployment and team to defend the state of Israel. And those U.S. troops who would be deployed to Israel are prepared to die for the Jewish state, Clark said. We are ready to commit to the defense of Israel, and any time we get involved in a kinetic fight, there's always a risk that there will be casualties, but we accept that. So yes, in, in 2018, the army was guaranteeing their Israeli counterparts that should they launch a three-front war against their neighbors, as they've done since October 7th, American servicemen would be happy to die for the ethno-nationalist, you know, racist apartheid state of Israel. Americans will die for the Jewish state. But of course they won't. They don't want to. And we've seen evidence of that ever since October 6th. Leaked emails saying, yeah, our the, the boys in uniform aren't exactly excited to go die for uh, a genocidal foreign state. Sorry, they don't like it. So of course this goes into the reformatting of the entire military apparatus from taskandpurpose.com, Navy SEAL investigated for alleged ties to extremists. Who are the extremists that he's alleged to have associated with? Why, none other than the Proud Boys, of course. Navy Chief Special Warfare Operator Bryce Henson, an active-duty SEAL based in San Diego and former member of SEAL Team 6, is under investigation for allegedly participating with or supporting extremist causes, a Navy Special Warfare Command spokesperson confirmed on Monday. They were associated with, or he was associated with, uh, the Proud Boys. He apparently marched with the Proud Boys at some point. And so, of course, you know that this is, again, just like they did with the military through COVID by purging anybody that refused to get the vaccine. And then they did again after January 6th, purging the military and the domestic law enforcement agencies of anybody who was sympathetic with the patriots who saw their country being stolen and didn't want to stand by. And it's happening with the FBI from Washington Times. This published yesterday, FBI accused of targeting Trump types, agents who served in military deemed disloyal. More whistleblowers have stepped forward to tell Congress that high-ranking FBI officials are targeting agents, especially and specifically former military members for their political beliefs and trying to force them out of the bureau. A Marine and other military veterans at the FBI have been accused of disloyalty to the United States because they fit the profile of a supporter of former President Donald Trump, according to two disclosures sent to lawmakers of the House Judiciary Committee. The whistleblower said Jeffrey Veltry, Deputy Assistant Director of the Bureau's Security Division, and Dana Perkins, uh, Assistant Secretary uh, Section Chief, specifically pursued Employees who served in the Marine Corps or other military branches, they stripped the agents of severe of security clearances, which sidelined them on the job and pushed them towards the exit, according to disclosures. So whether it's the military and the Navy or the Marines or the Army and whether it's 
the COVID vaccine or January 6th or just being a Trump supporter. The people in power are systematically purging the law enforcement and military of the United States, of anybody who's an actual patriot and would actually balk at carrying out unconstitutional orders or to go to a foreign land to fight for something that has nothing to do with the interests of the people of America. So they're doing it. They're they're purging them. They're making sure that they can have a fighting force, whether it's domestically or internationally, that will simply submit to their orders regardless of the legality of said orders. And I've said it again, but just to remind you, the reason that Stuart Rhodes came to prominence in the first place and founded the Oath Keepers was a article that he wrote called 10 Orders Every One Should Refuse to uh, Follow. Something like that. Essentially, it was saying that you, as a member of the armed forces or police, have taken an oath to the Constitution, and you therefore have not just a right but an obligation to ignore unconstitutional orders. As we know, I was just following orders is not an excuse for violating rights. And that, of course, made him a permanent enemy of the state who plans on violating all sorts of rights as they unleash their private army, essentially, on the American people. Meanwhile, just on the topic of, of January 6th, Infant son of January 6th defendant placed on Quiet Sky's suspected terrorist watch list. An eight-week-year-old, an eight-week-old child has been placed on the no-fly list because his dad went to January 6th. An eight-week-old infant was placed on a secretive terrorist watch list known as Quiet Skies last week, according to A.J. Fisher. The only suspected but not so reasonable explanation for the designation is that Fisher is a J6 defendant and the infant's father uh, and the infant's father. Most alarmingly, it was not even Fisher who booked the ticket for his child. Fisher's fiance booked the ticket for herself and the infant, but neither was anywhere close to, Jan- to D.C. on January 6, 2021. They booked separately weeks apart from Fisher. But yes, apparently this child, this eight-week-old child, had a mark stamped SSSS on the ticket to indicate they are suspected domestic terrorists. Eight-week-old child, suspected terrorist, and placed on a... Watch list. Absolutely incredible. Also having to do with January 6th, QAnon shaman Jacob Chansley, who served more than two years in prison for his role in the January 6th attack on Congress, now wants to run for Congress. Jacob Chansley, friend of the show, also known as QAnon shaman at the Stop the Steal rally, now wants to uh, run for Congress and is considering that run in his home state of Arizona for the state of 2024. He'll be running as a libertarian. And, of course, he has our endorsement, and we would be happy to have him on the show to discuss his rise to power. Very excited to see that. All right, we have a lot more to get to here in the final segment before we welcome uh, Devin Tracy, and we'll talk to him about a whole lot of insane crime stuff going on. Let me just remind you for now to go to InfoWarsStore.com. In fact, here's the story I was looking for. 46 million Americans are drinking forever chemicals in their tap water, report finds. The EPA announced on Thursday that so-called forever chemicals exist at unsafe levels in the drinking water of roughly 46 million Americans. 
That, of course, is PFAs and other toxic elements in your drinking water, which is why we suggest you filter your water through a high-quality filter, possibly one found at InfoWarsStore.com, as well as understand that even if you filter your water, you're still being poisoned from a variety of different sources. So at the very least, you need to be counteracting the negative effects of these poisons by supplementing and helping to uh, drive out the toxins. Please listen closely because this is life-changing critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12, Ultra 12, a bestseller, finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Get your Ultra 12 and other great products. And for 40% off, some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man, but I'm not just a man. Just like you, no matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you, and that's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you to always remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. All right, folks, we have a variety of disturbing stories to cover here in the final segment before we welcome Devin Tracy to the show. And it's just, it's, oh boy, boy, oh boy. Let's start with impeach, or not impeachment, but the invasion. Shall we, immigration? No impeachment to be found here. From Infowars.com, GOP-led House kills Mayorkas impeachment resolution while preparing to punt the border fight to 2024. Eight feckless rhinos sided with Dems to effectively block impeachment of Mayorkas, who oversaw a staggering 10 million illegal aliens flood into the United States. So Marjorie Taylor Greene put forward a bill to impeach him for his mishandling of the border, something I would term is pretty blatant treason actually again impeachment would be a nice start but i think charging and and convicting and then sentencing him for treason would be a more appropriate measure but hey we'll take what we can get because we really can't get anything can we 
Green introduced the resolution Friday, one day after two of her constituents were killed in Texas in a head-on collision with a car driven by a human smuggler evading police. But instead of voting on the underlying motion, Republican leadership chose to address the resolution through a Democratic motion to refer it to the Homeland Security Committee. Democrats altered the motion before the vote after previously preferring a vote simply to table the resolution. In other words, it has been destroyed by the Republicans who just can't get anything. We just can't do anything. We can't get anything, even something symbolic, even something moderate. The Republicans in office refuse to do a single thing to stop the wholesale invasion. Ten million people since Biden got into office have been allowed to cross this border on purpose because of the open border program, and we can't even impeach the guy overseeing it. It is truly pathetic. I mean it's the end of our country, and we're not even doing anything to fight back because from Bill Malugin posted today, the Border Patrol has reported 240,988 migrant encounters at the southern border during the month of October – making it the highest October ever recorded. They reported 13 Border Patrol arrests of people on the FBI terror watch list, 12 on the southern border, one on the northern border. These nearly quarter million migrant encounters in October alone include 188,778 illegal crossings and over 44,000 migrants paroled into the U.S. at ports of entry through the Biden's use of the CBP-1 app, which the administration has deemed a legal pathway. Well, if you download the app, you don't even have to sneak across. You just got to go to a port of entry, show that you have the app. You know, it's like claiming rewards at McDonald's. Just show you have the app and you get American citizenship just like that. Isn't that incredible? Now, the migrant crisis has the U.S. taxpayers on the hook for up to $451 billion, a House GOP report says. Yes, Americans are paying up to $451 billion to care for migrants who entered the U.S. illegally, but have been released into the country or escaped from custody, according to a new report out Monday from the House Republicans and obtained exclusively by the New York Post. Every single day, millions of American taxpayer dollars are spent on costs directly associated with illegal immigration and the unprecedented crisis at the southern border sparked by the DHS's Alejandro Mayorkas' policies, the House Homeland Security Committee interim staff report states. $451 billion. I just want – if you want to play a game, this will be your homework today. If you want to play a game, the game is if you were in charge and you had $451 billion, what would you do with it? And see how much things cost. I mean this is basically the equivalent of building a hospital in every town with more than 10,000 people. $451 billion is such an astronomically – huge amount of money it's almost impossible to fathom that's half a trillion dollars since the biden regime got into power i mean i was amazed do we did a long time ago when it was reported that george soros had spent something like 18 billion dollars and it was a struggle for me to rack up enough things to amount to 18 billion, this is 20 times that amount. Like, it's really astonishing. I mean, I was going through and just searching, like, okay, let me get a list of every castle for sale in Europe. It's like, okay, I could buy 10,000 castles, castles, full fledged castles 
and it's like a couple million dollars, okay? How much is a spaceship? How much would it be to fund an entire space program? It's like maybe half a billion dollars. So I mean, $451 billion could not just pay for a 40-story tall wall along the entire southern border. We'd have $400 billion left over. I mean, you could build hospitals and universities and elementary schools. You could repave every road in America. You could have high-speed train lines from here to Albuquerque and up to New York and down to Chicago. I mean, the amount of benefits the American people have been robbed of because of this open border policy is really almost unimaginable. So I would I would love like that's the type of thing that the American you know committee should should be doing. They should be going, hey, not only are we spending four hundred fifty one billion dollars on immigrants, here's a list of things that we could have bought with that money. And it's it's literally unending. It's just impossible to describe how much uh, wasted resources we've spent on this open border policy. And then on top of that, they're acting like we're still not treating immigrants nice enough. We covered this story the other day. Fed up migrants who trekked thousands of miles to U.S. already heading home saying the American dream doesn't exist. Venezuelan migrants who trekked thousands of miles to the U.S. in search of a better life are so disheartened, they say they're already returning back home, saying the American dream doesn't exist anymore. They're actually painting these criminal invaders as being let down by America. We've disappointed them, you guys. They're disappointed in us. By the way, do you know that of the tens of thousands of migrants that are occupying you know, five-star hotels in New York City, only 2% of them have even applied for a work permit. 98% of the migrants who have been ferried up to New York City, just hanging out, not even trying to get a job. The abuse that we put up with is astonishing. And then not only are, are we at fault for disappointing them with not having, you know, better giveaways as they... They're, they're bored. All they, all they have to do is sit around on their fancy brand new iPhones. These poor people. Not only that, but from the New York Times, border wall falls leave migrants with devastating and costly injuries. Yeah, it's, it's also our fault, and we also have to care for them when they hurt themselves trying to climb over the border wall. That's our fault too, apparently. Yeah, the, the thief sneaking into your house to rape your daughter cut himself when he broke his broke your window. How dare you have a window? I mean, just... How long? How long are we going to put up with this? Honestly, how long are we going to put up with this? Because we cannot for that much longer. Meanwhile, the regent exam may become optional for high school graduation in New York. You know, an exam to make sure that High school students are actually learning what they're supposed to be learning. Well, too many non-white people fail, so now it's a racist test, and we can't have it anymore. Same thing is happening, by the way, with the Washington, D.C. test for social workers because too many people of color were failing. We have that video, but we don't quite have time to go to it. Yeah, there's a test for social workers, and the majority of white people passed. The majority of 
non-white people fail. So now it's racist and they're going to eliminate it. And this is for social workers, by the way, who often have practically unlimited authority in the lives of the people that they're in charge of. These are people that can you know, send their wards to foster families or you know, put them on medication or determine whether or not they get access to their children. So why shouldn't we have high standards for these groups? Honestly, you're giving people really unparalleled power over the lives of American citizens, but they're saying we can't actually try to determine whether they're capable of wielding such power because it's racist because black people fail the test. Incredible. We have more on this. <laughs> There's a teacher talking about how working with a progressive administration has made her less liberal. But nothing is being done to prevent this. Nothing is being done to reverse this. They're just eliminating standards across the board, honestly, across the entire board, whether it's lawyers, doctors, or social workers, will all be retarded. The most powerful InfoWars life formula yet. DNA Force Plus is now back in stock for 25% off while supplies last. This elite formula contains the most cutting-edge enzymes, potent antioxidants, and traditional naturally occurring ingredients to protect the vitality of your very DNA. The powerhouse ingredients in DNA Force Plus include PQQ, CoQ10, organic reishi mushroom, astrologus root, rhodiola root, and an array of even more incredible antioxidants and extracts carefully chosen to help support healthy heart function while promoting energy production down to the cellular level. Provide your cells and DNA with the protection they need and try a bottle of DNA Force Plus today for 25% off or for an additional 10% off grab the combo pack with DNA Force Plus and Body's Whole Support. These offers and so much more are only available at InfoWarsStore.com 